Welcome, everybody, to your favorite Wednesday night podcast, the Paranatural Cryptid Preservation Society, hosted by myself, Sooth, and my wonderful co-host, Kellex. Say hello. Hello. There we go. Tonight we are bringing you a, an awesome cryptid like we do every Wednesday night. And this one, everybody should know about. If you don't, it's a great thing that you're here tonight because we are talking about the Loch Ness Monster and all the serpents and water cryptids that we could get our grubby little hands on. Oh, yeah. This is this is expanded, like... When we first started talking about it, we're like, all right, yeah, let's do it on the Loch Ness Monster. We'll do it on something that, you know, everybody knows. And then we start researching and realize that there's, like, water monsters everywhere. Like, this isn't even, yeah, this isn't even, like, even remotely close, like, to just a few. This is, there's... To put it in perspective, there's 35 just located here in the U.S. 35. 35 water cryptids. Yes, that is a lot. One of my favorites of the water cryptids that we came across in the United States was the um, water panther. That thing looks awesome. Right. And like the water panther. Hang on a second. I hear an echo. It's probably me. I'm using a headset tonight, guys, with a a microphone because my laptop decided to crap out on me and I had to send it off to be repaired. So you may hear some echoing or for funsies, just a little bit of mouth breathing. (laughs) So I apologize in advance. So the water panthers, it's almost like a whole classification in and of itself. Like you've got your serpent monsters, you've got your plesiosaur type monsters, um, which are like basically remnants of the dinosaur era. And then you've got these underwater panthers that are just almost like straight up mythological beings. I mean... They they almost remind me of like Chinese dragons kind of thing, where they've got scales, they've got horns, they've got, you know, spikes running down the back and, you know, claws and, I mean, some they of them. They have murder mittens. Right? They got, they got murder mittens. You know what I'm talking and about. If anybody owns a cat here, you know what a murder mitten <laughs> is. But they they got murder mittens, and I think that's adorable. Like, don't take me anywhere there's supposed to be a water panther because I'm going to, one, I'm going to look for it, and two, I'm going to be that person that's going to be like, I want to pet it. Well, I need you to count that, the toe beans. If you do that, just be sure to bring some tobacco because... Tobacco is one of the gifts that the First Nation people uh, gave these water panthers to satisfy them. So, yeah. Like oh, yeah. loose and leaf? Don't, don't, loose yeah. leaf tobacco? Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I dig it. Anything that, as far as I know, it's anything that has that, like, values that sentimental value it's a it's a sacrifice kind of thing 
Please so. don't kill me with your murder mittens, Water Panther. <laughs> Here is some loose leaf tobacco. And just in case, my favorite candy bar, a Snickers. <laughs> now Ooh, may I Snickers. please approach and count the toe beans. Please and thank you. <laughs> Now, some of them range from, you know, small sizes of, gosh, like the size of a dog kind of thing, all the way up to 60 plus feet. So these things can be huge. And some uh, First Nation people, like the Ojibwe's, um, believe that these are actual, like, deities. And they have that deity power of you know calling forth storms and all of that like for instance one of the um the more i guess close to home ones for me is the mishupishu which is a water panther located in lake superior and that one was said i mean that thing like rules lake superior it calls storms that you know capsizes ships Uh, anybody who has any desire to steal copper from the area because the upper peninsula of michigan uh actually has a ton of copper or at least it did they have since um depleted a lot of that but there's still copper mines uh, accessible but up in the so, Great Lakes. So wait. Oh, yeah. Could I, I, I'm, I? I know I'm interrupting. You're on a roll. You're doing great. You've got all <laughs> the great facts. But I had questions. So if I were to take maybe like a copper bowl and filled it with some milk, would I catch myself a water panther? Probably, Probably not. not. Dang. Dang it. <laughs> If you you maybe like went to say a place like Isle Royal, is it Isle Isle Royal? I think, um, where like this Mishupishu uh, creature is supposed to reside nearby. If you were to go there and have a, say, copper bowl filled with tobacco and you lit that tobacco so that there was a scent that filled the air like incense, possibly you might be able to get it to show. I just want to smell the murder mittens. I just want to, you know, you know how some people like to smell the paws of their dogs and stuff. And I know it's like a bacterial thing. And I get that because I've had like a vet explain it to me. They smell like Fritos, you know, that's the dog's paws. Yeah. It's a bacterial (laughs) thing. Okay. It's bacteria on the paws. It's weird. I know, but there are some people who like myself will take the, the chance and smell the dog paws or the kitten paws, the little kitty paws, because they smell like Fritos. And I'm weird like that. And I sometimes like to smell my dog paws. But I just want to smell the murder mittens. And then I want to count the toe beans <laughs> and just be like, just don't kill me. Just hear some focus on that. Focus on the gifts that I brought you so that I can play with your murder mittens and toe beans, please. And thank you. And maybe I can That's domesticate funny. you and you can be mine. You can be my water panther in all of your glory. They're huge. 
by the way, I saw the picture of them. They look funky. They're funky, right? but they've got like the head and the body and stuff of a panther, but the coloring is like red and black and like dark navy blue and all that. So they're super freaking pretty too. Right? I don't know. I just That's like that stuff. That's why they remind me of like the Chinese dragons because, you know, they've got like the long like whiskers and they've got horns and they've got, you know, the big door. I don't want to say dorsal fins, but you know how like dragons have that line, that ridge of uh, spines sticking up from, you know, their their spine. Like those those spikes. They've got those. And they've got like the big flat, you know, tail for swimming in the water and all of that. So they're I just really wanna, cool looking. I just want to pet it. I just want to give it love. I just want to love on it just a little bit, just a right? little. Unlike that one that right, yeah, that was just about to say. Unlike that other creature, which one was it in Wisconsin? We found this one that came. I think it was in Wisconsin that came up and it ate people. Tell them about the one that ate people. Tell them. Tell them the story. Okay. Okay. So two this actually. Oh. Oh yeah. Um, the two. Yeah, the two brother so, things. So there was this lake. Um, let me see here. It's Lake. I've got to butcher it. Lake Kashkanong. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, uh, good enough. And, it's good enough. <laughs> and that is in it Wisconsin. Works. And basically, everybody was like, you cannot cross this river. If you cross this river by boat, you're going to die. And basically, these two brothers were like, you know what? We're going to set out to disprove this because this is myth. This is legend, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to start on one side of the of the lake. You start on the other side and we'll meet in the middle. So they did. And when they got to the middle where, you know, their, bo- their canoes were really close to each other, a storm comes out of nowhere and builds up right above them. And all the waves start going crazy and everything. And then this water panther dragon creature comes right up from underneath them, eats both boats whole, and goes back under, and they're gone. They're dead. See, this right here, this is one They set out to disprove it. Well, see, this is one of like one million reasons why I don't mess with dark water. Right? No. Negative. Like when people are like, because there's this place in Florida, it's called the Devil's Devil's Water Hole or Devil's Swimming Hole or something like that. And it's basically a cave that's full of spring water. Right. And you can go diving in there and you can canoe in there and swimming. And it's supposed to be like really, really beautiful. But there are two red flags here. One, it's a cave full of water. And two, it's called the devil's swimming hole. If those aren't red flags right there, just in (laughs) just in your face, swishing around in your face, you know, you're colorblind. If you can't tell that that is a big old negative and people still go. My husband wants right? to go. He wants to go diving in there. And I'm just like, that's an, no, no, absolutely I, not. I feel like we've actually been there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. I'm pretty sure. 
We went when we were younger. Yes, we did. We went to the we went to the outskirts of it because it's like one big like it's a spring, and we went to the springs, but we didn't go into the cave. Okay. Itself. Okay. Yeah. So the sweet the springs are beautiful on the outside, but you're not going to find me in a cave full of water. That's just this is where Pandora no. says no, thank you. No thanks. There. That's have you negative. seen the um, Have you seen the cave in the Philippines? This is again an underwater cave, and it is full of beautiful fish, and it's just this gorgeous aqua blue water. And apparently, it is bottomless. No, negative. So, <laughs> like, it's almost too. It's like a crack in the earth. And as you go deeper and deeper, it kind of slopes off to the side and continues going and going. And no one has actually found the end to it. Because when you get to the bottom, well, it doesn't actually have a bottom, it curves. But like pressure is so high down there that it's like deep sea diving. Like your body can't handle the pressure. And they've sent, like, probes down there, like those underwater, you know, drone-type deals. And I think they've gotten somewhere around, like, 500 feet or 600 feet or something like that. And that's it. Like, they haven't explored the rest. So Negative. Yeah. Negative. Negative, Ghost Rider. The pattern is full. I will not. Will not. Like, my, when, you said there, when you said there was no bottom like it was bottomless my entire body just just said no like it was that have you ever smelled something like you have like this like the smell of sulfur or something and you're just like immediately your body's just like i'm rejecting all of this oh yeah just full body rejection that's what happened full body rejection happened (laughs) i'm not even there and my entire body just went no negative on the plus side it looks it looks really cool (laughs) that's great that it looks cool i will see it from pictures from way (laughs) back here way back here Thank you, Google Earth, for the pictures. I will not be attending. <laughs> I'd, I'd decline. <laughs> Thank you so now, much. <laughs> getting back to the underwater panthers, um, there are there's some really cool stuff in regards to um, the Ojibwe's, uh, talking about the panthers, the water panthers, and whatnot. And I read this really awesome story about these two women, sister-in-laws, and they were headed to one of the villages, First Nation people, headed to one of the villages for that was holding a dance. Everyone had already gone, and essentially, to make up time, they crossed the lake rather than going around the water's edge like everyone else does, because they were told, you know, don't go to the middle, that there's a water panther that lives there. So one of the girls, she kind of just steered them in their canoe straight across the water. And when they got to the middle, they found this mud island. And in the middle of this mud island, there was water swirling around like a whirlpool. And this panther 
came up and out and twitched his tail across their boat to try to flip it over. And the girl who had been steering, uh, she had a little cedar paddle and she hit the panther's tail with it. And basically when she hit it, she said, thunder is striking you. And the paddle cut off the panther's tail where she had hit it. And a two-inch thick bar of copper, solid copper, fell into their boat. And when they, like, the panther ran away and they were free to continue on. When they got to the dance, the girl presented the copper to her father. And then, like, this, there were rumors that this was, like, a magical piece of copper and all the different people of the different tribes in the area wanted a piece of it, you know, for good luck in hunting and fishing. And so they would present blankets to this father, to the father who had the piece of copper and just for a tiny piece. And I guess the whole, their family got rich off of this panther tail of copper. So it's crazy how like copper is always incorporated into the stories with these water panthers at least in the northeast region that's so cool be the richest i just just to be able to like not only become rich off of this fantastical tale but that it's made of copper right like the whole tale is made of copper like why though like why did it decide that copper was its thing Exactly. And like uh, Meshupishu is supposed to have like copper horns and copper claws. Huh. Uh, and it guards a horde of copper. And anybody who tries to take that copper from um, the island of uh, Isle Royal, they have. Um, like this thing attacks them and tries to get their copper back or tries to get its copper back. So I don't know. Or they just perish. Right. They perish. They sink to the bottom of the lake. Blah, blah, blah. Death. And this thing is supposed to be able to draw up storms, capsize, big tanker boats. I mean, this is like a big thing. Like there hey, are, Lake Superior has tons of sunken ships in it. Yeah. Speaking of that, I was just about to ask you about that. Wasn't there like a, I want to say a paddle paddle boat that was a ferry, but I don't think it was a ferry. I think that was something else. But I, there was a captain on one of the ships out there in Lake Superior, and they went out there and they like you could hear the bell of the ship still, but it's like sunk. And they don't know what happened to it because it was like a mysterious storm that came out of nowhere. And then they ended up like capsizing out there. That one has got a really cool story to it. If it's the one I'm thinking of. Um, I don't have all the details on it because I, but the person who told it to me, um, told it to me at a birthday party. There was a lot going on. Um, but it, I guess she knew someone who was involved in that whole, you know, boat, like that whole situation with the capsized boat. And there were two boats. Um, I cannot remember the name of them. Um, Maybe somebody from the 
the listeners can chime in and let me know. But um, yeah, there was like a movie made about it too, because it was two hmm. boats. And it became like this paranormal thing. There was two boats. One went out there and the crew disappeared from the boat and they sent out the second boat and the captain of that boat, you could like hear them ringing the bell out in the center of like, I think it was like Superior and out there ringing the bell because you couldn't see it because of all this fog. And then a storm came and it capsized both of the boats and like some of the bodies from the second boat came up to shore but they couldn't find everybody and they couldn't find the boats like it's this weird so, story. I have to look up I'm going to have to look up that story I think it's the Edmund Fitzgerald yeah thank you to Jay Webb in the, in the chat here for the listeners hey thanks Big Red uh, you're being useful but <laughs> <laughs> well, he he knows a lot about the you know, the history of the Great Lakes and stuff, so. Well, maybe one of these days when we do Paranormal uh, Umbrella, he'll have to come up and talk about it. Uh, good luck on that one. But he'll definitely I'll poke find him. the right fit. I'll poke him. I'll poke him enough. Be like, hey, hey, come do the thing. Come do the talk. Come on. Share your knowledge. Sir. <laughs> but speaking of Great Lakes, okay, and and lake monsters that go along with Great Lakes, that's how we come to the lock with Nessie. That one is a Great Lake that was turned into a riverway in 1933. And but before that, Nessie, old Ness, and I'm not talking about Twilight, okay? We're not talking about Renesmira, um, was spotted in, I think it was 150 AD when it was first mentioned. And then it became, it like blew up in 1933 when it was spotted in the Great Lake or in the, in the lock over there in Scotland. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, um, I'm trying Didn't to it decide it to like here. cross the road or something? They made a roadway and that you could actually see the entirety of it, right? As it as it goes. It's like seven miles long and like a uh, hundred and twenty-two meters deep, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly. And they made a road. And it was high enough to where you could see over the lake, the, the lock itself. And as these people were going along the road and marveling at all the pretty, you know, because you know that's got to be gorgeous. Oh they gosh, ended up yeah. having a, yeah, they had to slam on brakes because this giant, what looks like a Peleosaurus, is crossing the road and then like, using its huge flippers to get through the mud and then slinks back into the Loch Ness. And interestingly enough, enough, they found found the decomposing remains remains of a plesiosaur off the coast of Japan. Japan? Really? 
Yeah. It was like it got caught up in the fishing nets. They were fishing for tuna, I believe. And it got caught up in the fishing nets. And they hauled it up. I mean, this thing was huge. I saw the picture of it. And this happened, I think, in the mid-80s. But it was a it was a full on plesiosaur like big flippers, the long neck, you know that kind of big hunched body, um, the big long tail. It was a full on plesiosaur, and um, it was it had kind of a pinkish reddish color, which I don't know if that was because it was just decomposing and not looking too fresh, but. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. If that was, I don't know if maybe that was related to the Loch Ness monster, but if nothing else, it indicates because this thing was fleshy, like it had flesh hanging from its bones. It was like partially decomposed, which means that it hadn't it hadn't been dead for long. It, I mean, things don't stay decomposing for long in the ocean. The ocean has, does a really, really good job cleaning bones dry, you know, with fish, sharks, all of that. So this thing couldn't have been dead for very long. So if nothing else, it indicates that there is a possibility that these plesiosaur creatures still exist. So why not in Loch Ness? I well, I'm saying there's 35 of them here just in the United States. They got to be everywhere else. So right. I mean, just but it was just the way you said it. Just the way you said it. It wasn't. <laughs> it was blush, like we're talking about a, a wine or a champagne or something. It's a blush. It's very good. You know, <laughs> we've. <laughs> <laughs> but I try even though the color was nice <laughs> well it was the rest was not <laughs> it was decomposing kind of it was gross apart. let's not get into the fact that it's a dinosaur and it's not supposed to be alive anymore at all we shouldn't be de- you know like catching fleshy decomposing paleosaurs in the ocean or anything of that right. nature but you know it was blush it was rotting it wasn't really pretty <laughs> you know <laughs> that was great that was great i love that i'm sorry i'm sorry i know i'm supposed to be like talking about facts here but i can't it was hilarious that amused me it, it got me right in the weenus <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got anything for you. <laughs> it was very amusing. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so like speaking of Japan and that area, do don't they also have um, water dragons that live there? I believe so. Um, I now I didn't really find much on that. I kind of got down the rabbit hole of like the water panthers and kind of more of the what's in the U.S. So I'm sure there are plenty of like water creatures, water monsters in Japan. Um, I do know of certain fish that have kind of that same kind of water dragon look to them with the, they've got like the big fins and you know, the really, but those are more serpentine. They've, they're more snake-like. 
uh, or more like eels almost. So those are kind of different. Still water creatures, obviously, and some of them can get quite large. But they are definitely not so much like plesiosaurs or water panthers or anything like that. Now, or Nessie. There are, there are, now with the along the Nessie, Lake Tahoe, California, Nevada border actually has its own uh, water monster, and this one can go up to sixty miles an hour. Somebody actually tried to drive beside it, and. It was in the 1950s. Two off-duty police officers out on the lake reported seeing a large black hump rise from the water and kept speed with the boat going over 60 miles an hour. So I believe that one is also the same kind of plesiosaur-type creature. And what's really cool about that is in the Sierra Nevadas, they have actually found... Uh, the remains, like fossilized remains of plesiosaur dinosaurs. So they know that those dinosaurs were in the area. So it is totally possible that one of these plesiosaurs was able to make its way into Lake Tahoe and survive there because Lake Tahoe at the bottom of it is a, um, I believe a, a lava tube or a lava shaft where lava once flowed. So if it's able to go deep underwater, all that like way down there where everything where it's warmer, they might be able to survive down there. And I don't see why there wouldn't be potential air pockets and caves and whatnot that would keep them under there for longer. So. Because this, the one in Lake Tahoe is anywhere from 30 to 60 feet in length. I mean, this is a big creature. So, I mean, just the neck alone was supposed to be the size of a barrel. Like, around. Like, the neck was supposed to be the size of a barrel in diameter. That's insane. That's right? too big. Right? That's too big. That, no, thank that's you. A now, now, I actually I used actually, to live in Lake Tahoe. I can speak from experience that things get really, really big in Lake Tahoe. Like crawfish, for example. Now, when, when I say the word crawfish, what comes to your mind? Uh, what comes to my mind? Mm-hmm. Uh, yummy crawfish bowl, crawdaddies, uh, seafood bowls, potatoes, corn on the cob, family, summer. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> That's what comes that to my mind. That sounds about right. Food, okay? Food comes to mind. I'm going to eat it. That's now, what I think about when I think about crawdaddies. Now, crawfish or crawdads, they are, what, three to five inches? Depending, yeah. Now, in Lake Tahoe, I have actually seen them. They have it in the Lake Tahoe Library, if they still have it there. They did when I was a kid, so just 
I don't know if they still do or not. But All right. they find the shell of a crawfish that was three feet long. Excuse me? The, the, the claw, ju- just the claws on this thing, weighed like two to three pounds. That sounds like a lobster. That sounds like some good eating is what that right? sounds like. Did somebody eat it? Because somebody had to have ate it. <laughs> I, I don't know, honestly, because they, they had the shell and it was all put together like a, you know, like a complete shell. So if they did eat it, they took very good care to crack it open in a way that they were able to preserve the shell. But apparently, this thing was over 200 years old. So, oh, yeah. Somebody had to have eaten it. It was 200 years old. Somebody caught that thing and was like, tonight we feast. <laughs> like, that's right? what I would do. I would not be thinking about, no, we need to preserve it and put it in a glass box in the library for everyone to see. Negative. Negative. <laughs> I w- somebody give me some garlic butter. I need some garlic butter stat. Slap your mama. We're going to be boiling it up. Everybody can eat tonight. That's what I would be doing. I would not be thinking about preserving it. This is why Sooth does not go on archaeological digs. And this is why she also <laughs> does not go with anybody who is scientific to do things like this. Because they would turn around for one second and I'd already be boiling up some water. You'd be watching <laughs> me behind them. Like, we're going to boil it in this river water right here because it's going to be so good. Mm. And then I'm going to turn back around and it's going to be gone. And I'm going to be sitting there with like a blanket tied around my neck as a makeshift like napkin. Here's what's going to be some good stuff, y'all. You're going to miss out. You better sit down. But <laughs> Come it, get yourself. Like, if a crawfish can live 200 years in this lake and be of a monstrous size for a crawfish, I mean that's like unheard of. That's that's bigger than a lobster. Like that's, that's why if, I was saying that sounds like a lobster. We right. I mean some bisque. I would be like uh, Bubba Gump. We can make <laughs> some bisque. We can make some some hush puppies. We can do uh, a good like gumbo. I mean. I would not be wasting no parts. It's like Samwise Gamgee. Potatoes. Mashed potatoes. <laughs> boil them. Put them in a stew. That would be me. Oh, <laughs> we're going in for 11 seeds, guys. It's time for a snick snack. Let's go. I can't do it. I can't do it. I, I don't know if I would do it with, like, a water mop like monster you know what i mean or a lake monster i wouldn't be doing that i wouldn't be trying to eat the lake monster but definitely a three pound crawfish but if a definitely. crawfish can grow to those sides a lake monster that can this, it doesn't stop growing i mean this thing is 30 like how old do you think that thing is that's huge like that is hundreds i don't I don't know. I don't know how long, how old it would be. I mean, we'd. This is where we would have to study the three-pound 
crawdaddy to find out how long, how old is this thing? Like, how long did it take for it to get to three pounds of yummy goodness? Like, I don't know. Well, apparently it's like 200 years. It took 200 years for it to get to three pounds? Well, I don't know about that. I mean, it may have reached three pounds at age 50, but... I mean, I mean, the fact that it was able to live that long and grow to those gigantic sizes, sizes. and I know that I there's know like that trout and everything that are, everything that are so, so, I mean, we're talking like 40 pound trout. So, 40 I mean, they, pound trout. I need to go to yeah. Lake Tahoe. Yeah. I need to go fishing. I need to bring my, my nets. We need to go fishing. That's Did all you remember, you're saying to me. You remember your your little talk about dark water? Yes. Yeah. Um, Lake Tahoe is very dark and very deep. Okay, so what you're telling me is, is I need to give my fishing gear to somebody else and have them go fishing <laughs> and you then know, just bring I'll, me the spools. Unless you want to go out there and fish in the middle of that lake, good luck to you. Because I've been no, out of the you. middle of that lake. And had to paddle my way back. See, why would you do that to yourself? Now you know that there is a lake monster in there, too. So if there's a three-pound freaking scrimp in there, you know there's going to be a (laughs) thousand-pound or a ton or whatever paleosaurus down there because nothing can be safe in the waters of planet Earth. I mean, we haven't even explored, what, 2% of the ocean? Right. Right. Oh, there, there's so there, much. There's like so the social, the ocean is almost a completely different topic because, like, there's reports of people like in World War II, um, the German U-boats. They, there's actually a record where so one of the ships blew up a German U-boat, and when the U-boat blew like exploded. Like in that explosion, there was an eel, the full length of the U-boat that was swimming right next to it. And the, the German no. U-boat didn't No, don't mess with the ocean. The only way it was even seen was because of the explosion and, you know, the, the U-boat blowing up. It like came up out of the water in the explosion. And then you've got, I think it was in like 1909 or 1901, somewhere around there, off the coast of Florida, there was an octopus. Now, this isn't like a giant squid. This is an octopus that stretched from arm to arm was over 100 feet long, like stretching the arms out from one tip to the next was over 100 feet long. The body of it weighed body of it weighed two tons. Cheapest. So, That's the Kraken. Right? Release the Kraken. That's what happened. Somebody released that. the Kraken. We know that body, know like body. large bodies of water have big creatures. I mean, that's, that's just all there is to it. Loch Ness, big body of water, 800 feet deep. Big creatures. So, so ah, speaking of big creatures, okay, we were talking about um, that other one that starts with an M that I can't properly pronounce. Um, Meshpishu? Yeah, that one. Didn't they also say that it was um, 
a crocodile? Like, wasn't that his uh, other nickname was something crocodile, or was that Loch Ness? That may have been Loch Ness. Um, yeah, I think Loch Ness was like the good. Yeah, it was Loch Ness. I'm sorry, it was Nessie. He was called the Scottish crocodile, I think. Yes. I thought that was pretty cool, the different nicknames and stuff, instead of just Nessie. But I like saying now, Nessie. Now, now, in Alkali Lake, Nebraska, uh, or, I'm sorry, Alkali, not Alkali, um, Alkali Lake, um, there's a horned alligator um, in North Shore... I'm sorry, Great in the Great Salt Lake in Utah, there's a horse-headed alligator called the North Shore Monster. Um, so, yeah, there's the giant eel pig named Harry from Harry... Wait, <laughs> Wait what? <laughs> uh, say it again. A, a giant eel pig named eel Harry... Pig. <laughs> All right, the you're going to have to talk about that one. <laughs> you know what? An eel pig. It's on, it's on the list. I don't have any details. If, if you guys <laughs> find it, look it up. It, I'm looking Lake, it up. Harrington Lake, Kentucky, the giant eel pig. So then you've got the aquatic lynx monster. Um, that's in Lake Huron. Uh, which is Great Lake. You've got giant turtles like the Beast of Busco in Folks Lake, Indiana. You've that one is supposedly a snapping turtle the size of a dinner table, weighing like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pounds. Um, you've got the deep diving turtles in Bottomless Lake, New Mexico. And then, as far as all the the Nessie style. Uh, Lake monsters. You've got the Flathead Lake monster in Flathead Lake, Montana. The Twilight Dragon from Pieti Lake, Idaho. Isabella in Bear Lake, Idaho. Tessie, Lake Tahoe, California. Hamlet, Lake Elsinore, California. And it goes on. There's 22 of them. I won't read them all. But the, those are all, there's 22. Loch Ness monster style cryptids just in the United States. So clearly this thing is not so not as rare as everybody makes it out to be. Clearly the uh, these dinosaurs still exist. I found it. I found it. I did. I found it. I found it in the Lake Harrington in the Kentucky River, and it it was first spotted in 1925 when the Kentucky utility set out to build a dam by flooding the Dix River. Okay, huge, okay. and it's a, it's considered to be a man-made lake, and it has uh, all sorts of fish: catfish, hybrid, striped bass bluegill so a lot of people go there to go fishing right but one of the things that they never want to encounter dun 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 the eel pig 
<laughs> now, Hold okay. on. It, it gets better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Immediately after the creation of the lake, people from the surrounding area claim to see the eel pig swimming within. The creature is, all, is most often described as being roughly 15 feet long with a body oh like gosh. that of an eel. I know. Hold on. <laughs> it gets a little comical here. It, it has the skin tone and the pattern reminiscent of a speckled fish, and it is said to be as fast as a boat at times and also possesses a stubby pig-like snout and a somewhat curly tail, which are both seen poking out above the water when the creature is in the area. Weird. Weird. Yeah. That's, Fifteen that's, foot that's, eel pig. That, <laughs> that's a thing, apparently. It's a thing. <laughs> okay, so they have claimed to see the eel pig since the 1920s, and the creature's existence wasn't thought of as possible until a sighting was made in 1972 by the University of Kentucky professor Lawrence S. Thompson who owned a lake home on Harrington. I, and it made the news. It made the Louisville Courier. Wow. He was talking about it in an interview, and he said it's only a monster in the sense that one could call an alligator a monster if they had never seen one before. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's an eel yeah. pig, y'all. It's an and the pig. pictures, the, <laughs> the pictures are the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like I can't take the eel pig seriously. Like I, I'm gonna have to agree with Professor Dobson here that <laughs> <laughs> that it's only a monster because you don't know what it is. <laughs> but it's the, the pictures have the head. Of Babe, the pig, and then the body of a speckled eel. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. Right. Learn Here's something another... new every day. Here's another one for you. All right. Okay. Lay it on me. The, the, winged, the winged alligator snake. Oh, what now? The winged alligator snake. I <laughs> it, from it's the Lake Chelan monster C H E L A N from Lake Chelan, Washington State. Oh my! That is apparently okay. a thing. They're just like combining creatures now. I I just see Mike Tyson holding the two pigeons, going now kiss. <laughs> That's all I see when I see these hybrid monsters. Do your impression again. I need to hear you do the impression again. Do it again. I am broken. I am broken. Can we hold up the winged serpent and the eel pig and do it? Mesh their faces together. Do it. Now, now kiss. <laughs> oh my god, that's great. Oh, my eyes are watering. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, that is 
Perfect. <laughs> I'm going, I dub the babe, the EO pig. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm so sorry. I promise I'm just tired. It's been a long week and <laughs> every, you ever get so tired that everything's funny? The slap That's happy? Where oh at. yeah. Yeah. The slap happy. That's exactly where I'm at right now. Oh my goodness. Eel pigs. Yeah, oh, I love it. There are water monsters everywhere, like all over in the U.S. Thunder Lake Thunderbird, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. They've got a giant killer octopus. In the lake. In the lake, it's a freshwater octopus. Oh my god! And apparently, it's you know a giant killer. You know, it would be. It would be octopus or octopi, I should say. I don't know how you would say it. It's plural. So I'm going with octopi. Octopi are extremely intelligent creatures. So I could see it. I could see how a giant octopus would be a a killer. Here's my thing. Here's my thing. Where did it come from? from? Because Because they don't don't live in freshwater. And if they, let's say they could live in freshwater, which maybe they can, I don't know. I'm not a, an octopi specialist, but if they could live there, how did it get there? It's in Oklahoma. That's not exactly near an ocean. It's not, it's not, you know, some people keep octopus as pets. Okay, and they'll get like super attached to their person. And if their person like leaves them, they'll get real depressed. And like sometimes they'll like unalive themselves because they can't find their person. So here here's a theory. Maybe the giant killer octopus in the lake. Okay, in in Kentucky. Is that what you said? Kentucky. Yeah, Uh, lost his person. Oklahoma lost his person and they just decided to set him free in a freshwater lake because they're they're dumb and they don't know that they can't live there and it just mutated and became this killer octopus and he was cuz he was just tired of humanity. Like I don't want to be so, here. If my person's not here, nobody will be here. And what if like this octopus which may not have any like natural predators in a freshwater lake because there's no sharks or squid or anything to eat the octopus. Like, it's just got this plethora of fish accessible to him. He's just like, I'm going to grow. You want to leave me here? Fine, I'll become a monster. And he just kept eating. And he became Kraken 2.0. The freshwater kraken of Oklahoma. <laughs> I will take down your kayaks. Rar. <laughs> I can see it. I could see it. I do it. But Apparently you know what I am. Thing. You know what I am a specialist on. What's that? What's that? Octopus sushi, and that stuff is banging. It is so good. So. So. I really used to like octopus sushi until I found out that they are intelligent, sentient creatures, which also I found out that lobsters fit that category too now. And 
I have a real hard time eating them now because they're sentient. Like they know, like, like they, I'm sure they tell their kids stories or eat them. I don't know. But like these things are intelligent beings now, just because they live in the ocean doesn't make them any less intelligent than me. So, yeah, I just I am like I don't have the right to eat them anymore. As much as I love them and love the taste of them, I, I don't know if I can eat them anymore. That's okay. I'll eat yours. I have absolutely no problem eating sentient beings. None whatsoever. I love you, octopus. You're very yummy with wasabi. <laughs> <laughs> you sound you sound like my husband when he found out that octopi were uh intelligent sentient beings he was like i can't eat them anymore i just can't it feels wrong yeah now i'm gonna have to tell him about lobster you can't eat lobster now either because they are also sentient beings so now you can't eat a lobster what are you gonna do give it to me because i'll eat it see i don't my care <laughs> as long as your brain is smaller than your eyeball. You're you're fair game. If your brain is smaller than your eyeball, you're on the you're on the menu because like that that basically includes everything up to an ostrich. Because I guess ostrich their eyes are bigger than their brains, which is why when they stick mm-hmm. their head in a hole, their, their whole body's hidden. Yeah, yeah. I also have eaten ostrich and they are very yummy as jerky. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Now we've gone I'm totally <laughs> off topic. <laughs> totally off topic. Why don't we take the comments now Ooh, that we're real quick. Real quick. Oh, real yes, quick go before, ahead. before little tidbit yes, little t- of information about the water panthers. Water panthers? Mm. Their arch Their nemesis. Arch nemesis. Believe it or not. Believe it or not. Is the Thunderbird. Thunderbird. <gasps> that is epic. Apparently, Apparently, the water panthers, water panthers and, and the Thunderbirds, the Thunderbirds are, are diametrically opposed. They what? absolutely hate each other. There are, like, battles between them kind of thing. Like, they are, they despise each other. So, I thought that was an interesting, was fun, interesting fact. fun fact. No, that is cool, and I would pay to watch that. Right? I would, that would I be would an absolutely epic pay. showdown. It really would. I would pay to watch that. 100%. Loch Ness fighting. Well, actually, no, it wouldn't be Loch Ness. It would be the water panther. So this mm-hmm. panther dragon fighting a giant thunderbird. That's like legendary. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure Nessie has ones that that they have to go up against, you know, like Kelpies and stuff. Because Kelpies sure. are another sure. lake or water creature, too, but they're fae. So, right. Right. But I can see it. I can see them. The, the water Kelpie have also been seen in Lake Huron, which is another one of the Great Lakes. So, little water fact there, Great Lakes factoid so the kelpies have migrated have they apparently see that's now now i have to go see a kelpie i gotta now i have to at least you're in the right country now right (laughs) okay that's just a 
Right? It's just a hop, skip, and a jump over, and we'll, we're good. We'll exactly. make it right there. There it is. Okay, let's <laughs> let's listen to these. Oh, Dylan. Yes, sir. Hi. Seeing all got? these red flags about the devil's watering hole, sometimes it just you just see a carnival. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, Dylan. It's not a carnival, Dylan. <laughs> It's I don't think that's what, what we were trying to say. No. <laughs> I think I think Aren't you missed the like- point. Go ahead. What were you saying? I said I think you missed the point. <laughs> right? Right, Aren't there again. like underwater caves in Loch Ness that they think go out and lead into like the ocean, but they haven't really like confirmed it or whatever? Or am I like misremembering or hearing rumors that are false or insert? Just popped into my head. <laughs> no, I don't you know. know. You know. I don't know about Loch Ness, but I do know that there are waterways underneath the the U.S. that connect to oceans. Like, and when I say waterways, I mean like underwater cave systems that go from like the Pacific Ocean all the way to like the Midwest states of like Oklahoma, Kansas, Utah, like out there. So. If it can happen for the U.S., the, I don't see why it couldn't happen with Loch Ness. Truth. It, I mean, it could yeah. be there. It could. It's just something else that I'm not going to confirm myself because caves and water. No, thank you. <laughs> right. Not going to do it. Agreed. Agreed. All these giant things in the ocean, you know, to quote Markiplier, and I apologize, sound guy, but fuck the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. My my only two fears in life, and like these are like my irrational fears. Well, actually, they're they're fully justified. The ocean and outer space. Because if anything goes wrong in either place, you're just simply dead. Like there's no coming back. There's no oh, make it better. There's no bettering your situation. You're just dead. Like you're either floating out in space, cold and dead. Or you're floating in the ocean, cold and dead. Like, no thanks. No thanks. Hard pass. Yeah. Hard pass. Thank you for solidifying my fear of dark water. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly what it is. <laughs> that one of my number one rules. I have I have a lot of rules, but this is sooth rule number four hundred and sixty-two. If you are going into a place, make sure there is a clear route to get out of said place. Exactly. So, thank you. Don't that is like a, don't right. It's a good. That is one. a quality so, rule. It is a quality rule. So when I go to investigate, because I have investigated haunted places, okay, and some of them have been like abandoned buildings and whatnot. So when I go and enter these places, the two places that I absolutely refuse to go are basements and attics. I can't jump out of it, and I can't dig my way out of it. So there's no way I'm going in (laughs) either one of those places. So I'm going to stand like I've stood in the hallway, and sometimes I've gone into rooms if they were like a clear route to the outside but I will not <laughs> I will not be entering anything that I cannot immediately get out of that's negative will not be doing yeah. that yeah. I would tend if to I agree have to, with you on that one yeah if it's full of debris if I have to climb over stuff in order to get into it I'm not going in 
I'm not doing it. Yeah. There could be a serial killer in there. There could be like a axe murderer. There could be a poltergeist, a demon. I'm not. I'm not doing it. I'm not risking myself for your entertainment. I don't think so. I'm, do I have gladiator tattooed on my forehead? I do not. I, I have played it. Phasmophobia. I know how that goes. I, it never ends well. Like, do you, when you're upstairs or down in a basement and when you're playing Phasmophobia, like, when it starts hunting, you just have to hide and hope you survive. survive. So, yeah. in a real <laughs> hard pass. Hard pass. I have played Phasmophobia with you, and I always end up dead because I can't get to some place fast enough, and I end up trying <laughs> to hide behind, like, a potted plant. <laughs> like, it never you works can't out. See me. It never works out. I always end up dying. <laughs> but I'm like, you can't see me behind this fern. <laughs> I'm like a five-year-old playing hide-and-seek with my mom and dad. I'm just going to hide behind this throw pillow on the couch, and you can't see me. I have become one with the couch vision. <laughs> I have found that if I run around in circles around, like, islands in the kitchen or something like that, I can, I can usually survive the hunt because it, it can't get to you, but... Like, if there doesn't happen to be one of those, like, if you happen to be in, like, an attic or a basement, you just die. Like, there's nowhere to go. Yeah. Yeah, I know, because it's happened to me. I have just died. And speaking of phasmophobia, um, once my trusty, dusty laptop here is fixed because of the driver issue that I'm having with it, we will be twitching. Twitch, Twitch. We're gonna, and I'm not talking about like involuntary twitches. We're going to be on Twitch <laughs> streaming us playing things like Bigfoot, Phasmophobia, um, <clears throat> Escape the Back Rooms. It will be on there, and you will get to see me die in real time trying to hide behind a <laughs> potted plant so, or escape killer hilarious. clowns. It is funny because I start yelling, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I'm going to die. And then I go into a crouched position and I can't figure out how to get out of said crouched position because I'm going to die. And then I end up dying anyways. So, and then I just throw things at people's heads like cups and stuff while I'm dead because then I get to haunt them. It's like a dream come true. <laughs> I died. So now I get to haunt you for the rest of eternity. <laughs> it's true. Oh, 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 I have a list, madam. Oh, God. I have a list. <laughs> Let's listen to this last comment. All right, Mr. Mr. Ill Pig and Winged Serpent. Now kiss. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Two little, two little stuffies. Smushing their faces together. Now, kiss. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I do, too. It's amazing. So, anyway, thank y'all so much for coming out tonight and listening to our hilarity and us be dumb and not exactly talk about lake monsters, but kind of sprinkle it over our conversation <laughs> of lake <laughs> monsters and, and Loch Nessie. We appreciate you coming out. Have a great, great rest of your week. And Friday night on Paranormal Umbrella, we will be continuing There Be Giants Part 3. So yes. join us here on Stereo for that one. So don't forget to check under your bed, 
grab your salt, and even leave a nightlight on, y'all. Because you never know what's out there. You never know what's lurking in the dark. And the dark waters, it could be a three-pound crawfish. You never know. (laughs) You never know. So thank you so much for joining us tonight. Hope you enjoy the rest of your week. And we will see you Friday night for Paranormal Umbrella. Have a good night, everyone. (laughs) 